Okay, I am. I have to admit, I'm a fan of Marvel movies. I am. I love Marvel movies. Right? That's not cool these days. I guess it's too cliched to like Marvel movies. Maybe I don't know. I love Marvel movies. Anyways, in Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, the first one, there's a genetically modified raccoon. Don't ask. It's weird. Anyways, he has this plot to break out of prison, which is, you know, also, don't ask, right? But he says that he needs several things for this plot, including that guy's leg. <laughs> and so he has, a, he has an artificial leg, and so one of the guys goes to get the, ar- the leg, and then he says, no, I didn't need it. It was just funny. What did he look like when he took his leg? Anyways, so I won't take any of your body parts, I promise. But, 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 I would like to ask you some questions. Because we are continuing on in our series about uh, cultivating courage. We're on, what, part four today? Part three? What did I say? Part four, yes. We are remembering that we are not alone. We are not alone. Because, you see... This is part of our problem sometimes, right? Is when we are asked to do something courageous, whether it is by God or whether it is just through the the moral and ethical sense that God has given us, or, or whether we just, we've been working it through with our family and friends and we know what the right thing to do is. When we are asked to do something courageous... We, we need to do, we need to remember several things. We need to do several things, right? Remember last week we talked about our Ebenezers, which were what? Memories of what God has done, right? Um, God has helped. This is, we are looking at the story of, of Samuel setting up a stone and, and talking about God has helped them. And, they, and, and Samuel wanted them to remember for generations and generations how God helped them. Because when, when you remember what God has done, then that can give you some courage to do what God is calling you to do in the future. And before that, we talked about having a Sabbath way of life. We, we talked about resting in God. Remember, we reminded ourselves about the reality that if you are not well rested, just even in a, a normal sense, right? If, if you're burning the candle at both ends, you are not going to be able to be as courageous as you would be able to be if you had been well rested. I mean, even from a physical sleeping standpoint, you need the sleep. But we went further and talked about how resting in God living a Sabbath way of life where you are constantly practicing relying on God utterly and totally, resting in Him also enables you to be courageous. You can cultivate courage by resting in God. You can cultivate courage by remembering what God has done. And you can cultivate courage by remembering that you are not alone. You are never alone. Can I borrow you, honey? Yes. And I'd do it without you. Hi. 
Genesis chapter 2, verse 23. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of a man. Who's this? This is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Right? She is one with me. I want to kiss you right now, but I won't. Well, no, but that would, we'd have to like censor it for the people on the internet. Little black box. Okay. Don't tell anybody, right? Okay, so we're one. And we'll often say that to our kids and so on and so forth. We'll say we're better together. We, we, are, we are one, right? You, you can't separate us. I mean, physically, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a distance between us even right now. But it doesn't matter, right? Adam is saying of Eve in that moment, no matter what may physically come in between us, we are one. We are one. We are no longer ever alone, right? Which was the only thing that God said was not good about the creation, was that the man was alone, right? Now, now we have to be careful, right? Because we are not saying that people are only complete when they are married. We're not saying that at all. Right? What we are saying is that people were created to be with people. Right? Remember the two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. We were created to love. To be in loving relationship. To be in loving relationship with God and with people. People who are alone go crazy. If they're alone for too long. Right? It's not good. We were meant to be together. So Adam declares that aloud and most intimately of all with his given to him by God wife who is beside him. Bone of my bones. Flesh of my flesh. And then look what God says to us through the Apostle Paul that I read in 1 Corinthians there. Remember what Paul says. He says, you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. If that's not another way of saying you are bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, I don't know what is. You and I, we are inseparable from God. Which brings us to our official passage for the morning. Official passage is from Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 to 20. And this should be very familiar to all of us, right? This should be very familiar to all of us. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, that is Jesus, of course, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go 
and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Sorry, how long is Jesus going to be with us? Always. Very end of the age. See, this is, this is the moment where Jesus tells his disciples to do the thing that requires the most courage of all. He is telling his disciples to go out into the world and make disciples, teaching them everything, to obey everything Jesus has taught them, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is, of course, the Great Commission. The greatest commission. There is no commission greater than this. And, of course, it doesn't just apply to Jesus' disciples who are standing there right then and there. It applies to you and me and all of us who are Christ followers all down through the ages. This is our call. This is our mission. This is our great commission given to us. And it requires courage. And so what does Jesus do to help them have courage? He tells them that they will never be alone. You will never be alone. I will always be with you. You are bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. I know we've talked about it before, but that that verse 19 is, of course, interesting, right? It says, therefore go, right? Jesus has been given all, uh, all authority in heaven and on earth, right? And our translation, the NIV says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. But, but the better translation is, therefore, as you're going, make disciples of all nations, right? It, it is not something necessarily where we are called to stop doing whatever it is that we are doing in all its ways, except for the sinful bad stuff, of course. We are to make these disciples as we're going about our lives, doing whatever it is God calls us to do. It is an ongoing action with no ending. We are called to always be going and making disciples of all nations. I almost feel like asking, you know, how many disciples have you made this week? Right? But I know that that could be an uncomfortable and really a difficult question to answer because who really knows? Right? I, I talked with a lot of people this week. Are they my disciples? Are they disciples of Jesus? Yeah, yeah I think they are. I didn't make them disciples of Jesus. I don't think. I don't know. Maybe God used me, hopefully. But it's a little bit vague sometimes. But it can also be a little uncomfortable, right? Because it's uh, sometimes a lot safer. It's a lot safer. It feels a lot safer to just sort of keep my mouth shut about that. 
to not to not try to make disciples. I mean, if it happens, great, thank you, God, yay, wonderful. But but I don't want to. I don't want to bother people. I know some people are really hostile about faith and religious stuff, and I I don't want to face that or confront that. I I don't know what words to say. I'm not a professional. I'm not a missionary in the sense of like the weavers who who are working in in Papua New Guinea, and and I'm, I'm not a pastor. And I'm not even maybe an elder or a deacon. I don't know what to say. Or, or I don't even know what it really means to make a disciple. Because I hear people talking about, well, you, you have to you know, spread the gospel however, wherever you can. And, and whenever possible, don't use words. That's a saying that goes around, right? You know, you, you make disciples by serving by being Christ-like to them. And that's true. It's also true that you need to use words and it, it can get confusing. But this is, this is who we are. This is the most courageous thing we're called to do. And, and it's, it's for all of us. So, I have a question for you from last week. Did any of you get a chance to talk with any others about remembering what God has done? It's not a, it's not a quiz. You're not going to fail if you didn't get a chance to do that. If you didn't, I would encourage you again to talk to parents or grandparents or, or neighbors or friends or kids or whatever about about what God has done in their lives. Ask them about it. Tell them, you know, what God has done in your life. Talk to them about it. But has anybody had a chance to talk about that? And and would you be willing to share for a second? Yeah, Willie. Wonderful. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Thank you, Willie. So Willie shared that she, she talked to a couple people after the service. One who, who talked about how God had relieved this person of their anxieties after they cried out to God, right? Uh, that's wonderful. And another who, who felt that they didn't have, uh, you know, physical Ebenezer's necessarily, but God had planted those things in their heart so deeply that they could never forget the things that God had done, which is the most important place for your Ebenezer's anyways. So that's fine, <laughs> right? Anybody else? Don't hesitate to share with me at some other time. I know for my family and probably for a lot of yours, one of our Ebenezer's was coming over to Canada in the first place. 
my dad came over in 1948. Um, he came over on the Kota Inton. Anybody, uh, anybody know if their ancestors came over on the Kota Inton? Yeah? You guys came over? Did same year or in the in 48? Yeah? Oh, cool. I wonder if they were on the same sailing. I think that might be right. Yeah, that might be the same one. Wow, cool. Yeah, anyways, uh, so yeah, my, my, my dad was only three years old. Came over on the Kota Inton. He was... They were uh, in the steerage class, which is basically you're in with the cows and the other stuff, right? It's like not very, not very posh, right? Uh, and they came over, uh, they came over and they were sponsored by a family in uh, Sudbury or Thunder Bay or something, somewhere cold and north. And, and, and they went there and, and the farmer there treated them badly. Um, and I, I know that, that a lot of our folks were treated very well. Um, and a lot of our folks were treated very badly. And so uh, my parents, uh, my dad was one of the families that was treated quite badly. They were in a, basically a shack with no insulation whatsoever. You could see the outside from the inside through the walls, not through the windows. Um, and there was no, uh, no facilities, of course, no, you know, you had a, you had a outhouse, right? Uh, no running water inside or anything like this. Uh, Dad got pneumonia terribly, terribly bad. He would wake up in the morning and there would be frost all on his blankets and stuff like this. And, you know, some of that has affected his health to this day. He still has really bad circulation in his feet, partly because they got frozen so bad um, during that time. But they were eventually able to go down to Sarnia, which is where is where my dad's parents um my dad's parents' family, brothers and sisters, were. And things started to get better. They got their own home. They got work working in Chemical Valley in Sarnia. They were they built together with the rest of the community, the church, Christian school. My dad was one of the first students of the Christian school in Sarnia. They, they grew up. My, my dad was able to go to university. Can you imagine? Right? And some of you know, right? Some of you know, going from a little tiny shack in the middle of nowhere with no heat and no water to your son, that same son who got pneumonia so bad, being able to go to university and become a mechanical engineer. And, and, and dad was able to, you know, get a job uh, as, a, as a teacher after a while. Did that for like 40 years or something like this. And so his Ebenezers are, are there all through his life. And, and same with my mom and same with lots of your parents and your grandparents. And so too with this, our Ebenezers and our Sabbath way of life hopefully combine to remind us that we are never alone. So, what does never alone mean, though? Is Jesus walking beside you? Yes. There's that, what, Irish blessing or something? Yeah. Yeah. Can you say that louder? 
I'm not going to remember. Okay, you're going to look. Okay, right? Okay, so there's an Irish blessing that talks about it. Gwyneth's going to look it up because she's smarty smart, and I should have looked it up before, and I apologize I didn't. But, Dustin, can you come here? I just, I don't want to be alone. Are you going to rescue me? Sure. Yeah? Okay, so Dustin is with me, right? But he's not with me in the same way that Jesus is with me, right? What's up here? Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Bep? Can you can... <laughs> Debatable. Sorry. Sorry. Anyways, well, but you're one, so what does that say? Anyways, um, <laughs> right? Up here, do you always think that there's someone up here with you? But does your brain act like it? How often? Fairly often. Fairly often? Like 23 out of 24 hours a day? I know that God is with me often, but sometimes I have to make a conscious decision to believe that. Yeah. Me too. Right? Often, I feel like this is my private space. Right? And I bet you you do too. That this is my private space. And sometimes I like that because sometimes the things that go on here aren't, aren't all that great. But sometimes I feel so alone. Right? Like it's, it's only me in a, in a little universe. And I know that God is with me, but it feels like God's not with me. Right? It's like you can be in the same room with Dustin. And, and you know he's there, but maybe because of your heart, or maybe because of what's going on in your head, maybe because you're sad or lonely, or maybe because you don't think he would understand, or, or maybe because you think Dustin's way too cool to ever like me. <laughs> or I don't know what. I'm... I'm not joking. He's just so cool. Um, right? I don't know what it is, but you feel like you're alone in the room anyways. And maybe you feel like that's the way it is with God. That you're alone. But it's not the way it is with God. How does that blessing go? Gotta love St. Patrick. Right? What an insight. You know, those times, maybe they're rare in your life. Probably, you, thank you, you can sit down. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you, you stood by me. Yay. Um, right? 
you remember, maybe you haven't experienced these times very often, or, or maybe never, but, but there are times in your life when you feel such joy, such wonder. Maybe it was at the birth of your child. Maybe it was when you got married. Maybe it was when your, your kid did profession of faith. Maybe it was when you graduated from school of some kind, or I don't know, whatever it is. But those times when it's like you're floating. You are so happy, your feet don't touch the ground practically, right? And this is what that blessing kind of invokes for me. This idea that Christ is around me and within me and in the voice and the faces of those near me and in the presence of the world itself, in the beauty of the sunrise and the sunset, when I am sleeping, when I am waking, everywhere, always, God is with me. I am never alone. went to the hospital a few years ago, went to the hospital a few years ago, and I was praying for somebody uh, who was in the hospital, and, and there was, there was a, a, a young woman outside of that hospital room sitting in a chair, um, and I don't know, there was something about the expression on their face, their posture, or, or something, and I said, hey, are you okay? And, and they said, they shared with me, and I can't even remember the details of what they shared with me. They shared basically that, no, they weren't okay. They weren't at all okay. And I said, can I pray for you? And they said, no. I said, no. I don't believe in God. And even if I did, I wouldn't want to talk to I said, okay. Is it okay if I pray for you privately myself on my own? And they said, yeah. But I didn't I didn't want to really do that. You know me. I, I've talked about it before. I don't want to bother people. I don't want to invade this person's grief or sadness or whatever's going. And, and, and I, don't, I don't think that I'm anything special because I'm not. I'm just, we're just us. We're people, right? But God was with me. And so I talked with her. Was the answer what I was hoping for? Not really. But at least, even though I didn't have the words to make her a disciple, I I didn't have some magic wand that I could wave to make everything okay for her. I didn't convince her of anything. God was with me. And I did what I could. And the rest is up to God. You also, you don't have to have the right words to say. You don't 
have to know how to fix people's problems. In fact, often people don't want you to fix their problems. They just want somebody to listen. Right? You don't have to have the solution to all the world's problems. You don't have to have a theology degree. You don't have to be a trained professional missionary. In fact, often that's not what people want. People want real people. People want to hear from someone they trust. People want to have a relationship, right? I talk with you often and so often I am so grateful that you, each and every one of you, as far as I know, you, you try to live lives that are real. I don't, I don't think I know any of you that are really trying to put on a facade of perfection. If you are, maybe we can talk about that. Right? You seek to be real people. And you do talk with your neighbors in whatever ways you can. And, and maybe it's not the speech of Martin Luther King Jr. expressing his dream that people would be one. But you bring over a casserole. Or, or you say, can I pray for you? Or, or you humbly listen to their struggles and go, wow, I, I don't know what to say. I love you. And you can do that in part because God is with in in whole, really. Because God is with you. And the more we grab on to that reality, the more we remember our Ebenezers, the more we live a Sabbath way of life, the more we internalize the reality that Christ is with us in every sense of the word, the more we can courageously make disciples. Let's pray. God in heaven, we feel sometimes so alone. We feel sometimes so weak and so insufficient. Thank you. Oh God, that you remind us that in our weakness, your strength is made complete. Thank you that you remind us that we are now bone of your bones, flesh of your flesh. That we are not alone. That you have commissioned us with a great task and you have given us the courage to do it by always being with us. Lord, please. Help us. Help us this week and every week hereafter to cultivate the courage that you give, that you offer. May we remember to rest in you. May we remember what you have done for us in the past. And may we remember that you never leave us alone, that we are always with you, that you are always with us. And in doing so, O oh God, May we love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And may we love our neighbor as ourselves, sharing with them the best of the good news that you are God with us, drawing us into your family, healing us from our diseases, bringing salvation to all who will receive. And may we share that good news with joy and humility 
and love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.